Good evening and welcome to A Story at Midnight. The tale you're about to hear is called Ten Ways to Kill Your Husband, tongue-in-cheek of course. Written by Alice Goulding and narrated by Colette Parker. Do enjoy and sleep well. and carriage this I tell you brother you can't have one without the other love and now don't get me wrong I love my husband but after a year of lockdown those little quirks that once endeared me to him started to irritate then they grated and festered and before I knew it was secretly planning to murder him in many painful ways. Instead of actually carrying out those plans, I decided to write a book about them. I have been warned by my solicitor friend that I need to include a disclaimer as a preface in case any of my readers attempted to try out any of my methods. Warning. You are not advised to use any of these methods as killing your husband is against the law and carries a severe penalty if you are caught. <laughs> now, let's start with the basics. My research so far has uncovered some interesting possibilities. Poison. It is acknowledged that the female preferred method of murder is poison. I believe that it is true as statistically a greater portion of housework is still carried out by women. Therefore, when planning your murder, this method of dispatching the victim is one that would not leave a lot of mess to clean up afterwards. There is a vast array of poisons out there. The trick to getting away with your murder is to ensure the poison is undetectable or that it is not possible, then at least make it one that the pathologist might expect to find in the body when the autopsy is carried out. An accidental drug overdose, for example. <laughs> I toyed with the idea of carbon dioxide poisoning from car exhaust fumes by locking him in the garage with the engine turned on. However, this is a non-starter for me, as we have an electric car. <laughs> if you have a garage and own a gas guzzler, it might be something for you to consider. Electrocution. Electricity is rather dangerous if you are not a qualified electrician. Learning where the ring main is situated and asking your husband to drill some holes directly into it might be one way of dispatching him. However, I would not recommend this as it is expensive to rectify, although it is rather fun when the flame shoots out and he falls off the ladder. <laughs> 20 years ago, mowing the lawn and cutting through the cable when the grass was wet could be disguised as an accidental death. 
especially if the fuse was swapped for 30 amp fuse instead of a 3 amp one, by mistake of course, resulting in electrocution. However, these days, with the advent of the new trip switches that flick off at every blown light bulb, this is no longer a reliable method to dispatch your gardening-obsessed husband. Vertical impact. Tree pruning might be another way of causing grievous injury, especially if your husband has a tendency to disregard your advice. Attempt to point out that he is sitting on the wrong end of the branch he is soaring through and I guarantee this will ensure he carries on. When they both crash to the ground, hide your smile behind a celebratory glass of your choosing. Most husbands are not prepared to climb rooftops, empty the gutters or clean upstairs windows. Besides, unless you live in the middle of nowhere, neighbours can witness you abandoning your hold on the ladder to answer the phone or carelessly nudging it to make it wobble. <laughs> Hit and run. Accidentally running him over when reversing the car out of the drive. Officer, I asked him to put the bins out. He doesn't usually remember. I had such a shock when I saw him. My foot hit the accelerator instead of the brake. Madam, I quite understand. My wife threatens to do this to me every Thursday. Suffocation. Snoring husbands should beware. The temptation to cover their face in a pillow and squeeze is very strong when you've been starved of sleep for a week. Finally doze off and are then jolted awake by his grunting snort. I'm convinced any female judge in the country would agree that your actions were involuntary manslaughter and would award a suspended sentence. <laughs> Drowning. This is more problematic. Not everyone has a bath in their bathroom and garden ponds can be overlooked by neighbours. If your husband is partial to a tipple, it may be possible to disguise the death as an accident. <laughs> Miscellaneous methods. When watching an episode of QI, I was intrigued to find that statistically, death by tea cosy is one in 20 billion. How on earth does a tea cosy related death occur? Could I utilise this method on my tea-drinking husband. His great-aunt crocheted a Christmas tea cosy as a present for more years than I care to mention. I have them stockpiled in the attic. Hopefully the ceiling won't cave in, unless my husband is standing under it, of course. <laughs> when I googled death by tea cosy, I discovered there are more deaths from accidents in the home than there are on the roads. Armchair injuries, predominantly from falling out of them. Accidents involving sponges, bird baths and 
welly boots. Newspapers cause more accidents than chainsaws. Putting on socks is also a dangerous pursuit, and wearing a bra can be lethal. If you are unfortunate as to be struck by lightning while sporting the underwired variety, hmm. But unless your husband is a cross-dresser and likes to go out in a thunderstorm, it is not a an obvious method. The simple food container can be a disaster waiting to happen.、Mm. More people stab themselves opening drawers and tins than with a knife, and I was intrigued to find that flower pots are more dangerous than hedge trimmers. <laughs>、mm. You take your life in your hands every time you open your fridge, fill your dishwasher. And climb in or out of bed. Evidently, any of these may require medical attention if care is not taken. Even owning a cuddly teddy bear can be lethal. <laughs> There is such an array of possibilities available. Where would you start? <laughs> Love and marriage, love and marriage, go together like a horse and carriage. This I tell you, brother, you can't have one without the other. Love and marriage, love and marriage, it's an institute you can't disparage. Ask the local. Edited by Sue Ordwell-Smith, Story at Midnight was brought to you by Wavelength Productions and recorded in Huntingdon, Cambridgeshire.